Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back here to X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network. Danny Cahalan, Brian Elke, Anthony Bellino, all joining you. Join us now covering the Detroit Red Wings for M Live. Our good friend Ansar Khan. You can find him on Twitter at Ansar Khan M Live. Ansar, my friend, first and foremost, thank you for taking the time to join us. How are you? How's life? How are things after a relatively busy off season? Good, good. Uh, yeah, no, uh, glad to be with you. Yeah, certainly. Uh uh, last couple of weeks been uh, very busy uh, for the Red Wings, and uh, really a uh, kind of a, a, a di- certainly a different look uh, to some extent uh, of the team uh, uh, that we'll see in training camp here. Now, before we get into the meat and the potatoes of this uh, of this discussion here, I got to ask you what what were your thoughts on that uh, unrivaled E60 documentary that uh, ESPN did with you know McCarty and Lemieux? They they took the footage there uh, from the bar Royal Oak where they did the watch party, which was awesome of McCarty and for Claude to to show up and to do that uh, in Detroit, which I thought was very interesting. But what did you make of the documentary itself? I thought it was really good. I you know. Uh, a lot of uh, really interesting stories uh, from from both uh, perspectives, Detroit's and Colorado's behind the scenes stuff. A lot of uh, a lot of a lot of new uh, kind of information. A lot of new tidbits that uh, you know. I, I I was covering the team during that whole uh, era there, but uh, there were there were certainly not a lot of new stuff that came out uh, in that uh, documentary. And uh, a lot of uh, a lot of good uh, footage too. A lot of film. Uh, I thought, in particular, uh, very poignant. The uh, the footage that they had from the golf outing uh, just an hour or so before the Bonzini uh, accident uh, uh, was uh, was riveting. Um, I you know I think it uh, a trip down memory lane. For, for the fans that uh, experienced it, that uh, remember it, uh, that were uh, uh, watching all those games and all those moments, and a good uh, kind of a history lesson for the younger generation that uh, wasn't around uh, when that uh, tremendous rivalry was in its heyday. Yeah, it really was. It was fascinating to watch. And then the way that they brought in uh, Vladimir Konstantinov there at the end and his daughter, I mean, you want to talk about going after somebody's heart. I mean, I think that all Detroit fans, it, it was very, very uh, difficult you know, to be a to be a Detroit fan and, and try to keep dry eyes at that moment, uh, because that really was a, that, that truly was was something. And 
in, in the midst of all this offseason chaos with the roster and everything else, the Red Wings announced a, uh, a new head coach and Derek Lalone, somebody who I personally am very familiar with from our days working together in Toledo. And he actually texted me back when I said congratulations, which I wasn't expecting. But I mean, I guess, you know, we're, we're, we're on that level right now. Answer. I mean, that's a good thing. I don't know if I'll get anything back from a midseason, but we'll see. You know, we'll dabble a little bit. What did you make of the hire of Derek Lalone to be the next head coach for this team where they're at right now in this process of rebuilding the Detroit Red Wings? Well, you know, I think uh, certainly his history of uh, having won at uh, various stops. Uh, the USHL uh, won a championship his first year as a head coach uh, at any level, and then continuing that success uh, in the ECHL uh, with Toledo, a couple good seasons there, and then uh, in Iowa at the uh, AHL level. And then, of course, uh, being on John Cooper's staff in Tampa Bay uh, for four seasons, including the two Stanley Cup championships. Uh, that's a lot of winning. So he, he's certainly used to a lot of winning. And I think uh, that was certainly one thing that uh, that appealed to Steve Eiserman. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, it, it's... It, it, when, when this whole process started, uh, Eisenman said he was going to be very open-minded as far as uh, what he's going to be looking for, considering all different types of candidates. There were a lot of, uh, I guess you'd call them retreads, or a lot of experienced NHL head coaches on the market this year, probably more so than I can ever remember. A lot of more name bigger names certainly than, than, than Derek Malone, but uh, Eisenman uh, chose to go uh, a different direction. He could have brought in somebody with a little bit more cachet, uh, a little bit more uh, somebody with a proven NHL track record, but uh, he decided to, to go a different route. Um, and, and that's kind of been his history. If you look at it, his two hires in Tampa, uh, going with Guy Boucher, and then John Cooper, uh, neither of whom had uh, any NHL experience uh, uh, as head coach or assistant uh, before uh, being hired uh, at Tampa Bay. Ansar, do you find it, uh, is it interesting, is this more par for the course where Jay Verardi is announced as an assistant coach for the Detroit Red Wings and then the release, it says Detroit Red Wings executive VP and general manager Steve Eiserman today announced that the team has hired uh, Jay as an assistant coach is that kind of how you expected that to be said, or or were you kind of expecting, you know, Derek Lalone has you know added to his staff, or am I just looking at stuff and I'm reading it, I'm reading it, and I'm reading it wrong? Uh, no, I think that's I, I think that's uh, usually how it goes. Uh, the general manager uh, is the one, uh, kind of the voice of the organization. So all the hires or the, the personnel moves. Uh, it, it, it comes from the top as far as releases go, but in reality, um, it, 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 the head coach is the one that uh, hires the assistants that 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 has the biggest say on who he wants to work for him, and the GM is there uh, to sign off on it, uh, and that's what happened in uh, in Tampa with uh, John Cooper uh, four years ago hiring both. Derek Lalonde and Jeff Halpern, I think just a week or two apart. Um, uh, and uh, it, it was, even though Eiserman was the GM and had to sign off, 
it was certainly John Cooper's say and who he wanted to, to work uh, under him. So this is the same uh, situation uh, as that. I was uh, I was having to defend the captain. Why, why I have to do this on a regular basis on this program, I have no idea. Uh, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to do some self-reflecting here, Ansar. And I, and I think to myself, okay, you know, I got to be able to put Steve Eiserman, number 19, the guy on the ice, uh, you know, childhood hero, that type of deal. I can't see him like that. We have to look at him as Steve Eiserman, the general manager. And, well, I mean, the guy's done a pretty darn good job. He's been a GM of the year. He's been, uh, you know, in second place uh, for that award. He put together a team that I believe 13 of uh, the 18 skaters or something along those lines in, in Tampa Bay were a part of those cup runs. I mean, he did a great job drafting and a great job in trading, made some moves that, you know, raised some eyebrows down there in Tampa Bay. But at the same time, I mean, he built a well-oiled machine. Am I giving him too much credit because all the flack I get here is that he hasn't won yet? And I'm trying to tell our listeners and Red Wings fans, you got to be patient with this process. He's trying to turn over an entire roster in a salary cap era. It's not easy to do. You have to do it through the draft and you have to be able to find some quality free agents to kind of sprinkle in there to bolster the roster. But I think he's doing a fine job. Yeah, you know what? Um, I kind of I'm reminded of the... uh, the infamous quote, I guess you could say, that Ken Holland, uh, everybody attributes to Ken Holland, and, and, and really for, for a while they're ridiculed and ridiculed him for saying it about how rebuilds can take 10 years. And people are like, what? What are you talking about? It shouldn't take 10 years. We don't have that much time. We're not going to wait that long. And uh, But, you know, that's that's pretty much the, the, the course that they're on. I mean, this, these things take time, as you say. Uh, it's not like the old pre-salary cap uh, days when you know the the rich got richer and and, and a handful of uh, uh, teams uh, were doing most of the spending with the Red Wings being right on top there and you could uh, change the look of your team much faster back then than you could now and I think the the other thing um, you could say it's hurt the Red Wings a little bit in that they haven't had any draft lottery luck, uh, you know, where they finished, they, 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 more often than not, they've actually dropped a couple of notches in the draft. But in saying that, they also landed two gems in, 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 in Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond. And by all accounts, it looks like Simon Edmondson and uh, Marco Casper are, are, are Two very uh, good picks as well. Uh, time will tell on, on those guys, but you know it starts with the draft, and um, certainly uh, uh, Steve Eiserman. Um, although the uh, you know the scouts and the amateur scouting director Chris Draper, uh, they do most of the work uh, as far as the selections, but that first selection is it comes down to the GM. The GM signs off on it or he outright makes the choice for the team. And uh, that uh, certainly bodes well uh, for Eisenman, uh, the way Cider uh, and uh, Raymond have performed here. But uh, like you said, yeah, as far as the rest of the roster, you know, it, it takes time. And uh, the other thing working against the Red Wings is when you're a rebuilding team, you can rebuild like they are. It's very difficult, even if you wanted to spend a lot of money and go after the big names uh, to, to get a lot of those guys. I think Johnny Goodrow signing in Columbus was one of those rare exceptions where one of the top players in the league, you know, went to a you know 
basically a bad team uh, that raised a lot of eyebrows, but that usually doesn't happen. Usually guys like that will want want to go to in the prime of their careers will want to go to a Stanley Cup contender. You know, Ansar, when I looked at free agency, you mentioned the, the big name there, and a lot of uh, you know, some of our listeners were asking, you know, why not Goodrow to the Red Wings? And and for me personally, what I thought Steve Eiserman did in this uh, in this off season in the free agency was try to add quality pieces to this team because I don't think you can go out and break the bank and break your salary cap because they're just not there yet. I know that's difficult for Red Wings fans to hear. I don't know what the, the what the record is going to be. I'm not going to ask you what the record is going to be next year because if we had that crystal ball, we'd probably just play the Mega Millions and call it a career. But uh, what I do like about this team is that you add quality pieces that can help some of these younger guys along and it does feel like they were able to help lines two three and four throughout the process so that hopefully in the upcoming 22 23 campaign they don't necessarily have to rely on that top line carrying them every single game yeah no absolutely i i i i think what they 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 were smart in what they did and what what steve eisman did as far as addressing various needs i think they spent money wisely in uh, getting uh, what three forwards, three defensemen, and uh, and the, yeah, actually even a few days before that, getting the goal the goalie Huso uh, through a, a trade, basically giving up not a whole lot there with a the third round pick, uh, addressed every uh, addressed every area that needed uh, scoring, uh, the defense and goaltending. Um, Oh, I, I like like you said. I, I I don't think that would have been a good move. Signed Goodrow for what he signed in uh, <clears throat> excuse me in Columbus um, because I would have limited you on what else you could do with your roster. I think uh, the Red Wings did it uh, smart in uh, spreading out the money and uh, addressing several needs instead of going just for that one superstar. Uh, with, without question, I, I I love the the idea and the thinking here. And, and you did a projection recently in MLive.com. You could check out uh, Ansar's both the projecting the defensive pairings and uh, the the lines for opening night. It's you know Red Wing season they don't open until October 14th against the uh, Montreal Canadiens there at Little Caesars. So we've got plenty of time. But you put in put in some work to try to look in to peer into that crystal ball a little bit. And uh, you liked Bertuzzi, Larkin, and Raymond. Some familiar names, obviously familiar faces. I thought. Dylan Dylan Larkin took a really big step last year, and I think when when we look in, and did you see this from this team? Is that when Dylan Larkin took some time away from the team for a personal reason? It really felt like you could see his absence out on the ice, and that's when you know for me it kind of clicked. Like, yeah, you know his his impact on this team. He wears the C. I don't know if he's necessarily ever going to score sixty goals in a season, but what he means to the room might be greater than what he means to them on the ice. Yeah, no, they, uh, yeah, they definitely missed him. I think it was a four game stretch there, uh, where he was out and, uh, definitely a different team. And, and you could say the same thing about, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, he was not able to play in Canada for, I believe, nine games and, uh, it was a much different team. And then I think he missed, uh, an additional four games, uh, due to COVID. Uh, you know, those two players, uh, more than anybody else, uh, their absences were felt. Um, kind of, you know, they were fortunate that uh, Cider and Raymond, the, the rookies, played all 82 games, but 
Cider certainly would be another one where if, if you were out at the time, that would be a huge, a huge loss for them. But uh, yeah, no, it was uh, that. And, and more than anything last season, they needed Larkin to step up because he had a disappointing year the year before. Uh, and uh, they needed, uh, you know, you, you need your captain, uh, your best player to, to deliver and uh, he really did that uh, with, with probably his best season uh, for sure. I think uh, to date. The other the other missing piece here, I it was you know Jacob Arana, who only got to play in twenty six games last year due to injury. But I I, I mean I really like that. I, I think it worked out well that deal to bring him over, and you're you know potentially pairing him with a couple of the uh, the newer faces uh, on the team and pairing in cops. So I think that that's a, that's a pretty interesting second line. Yeah, and that's what they uh, they needed uh, a boost in the second line uh, to take some of the uh, scoring burden off the, the top line, so that it, you know opponents can't just focus completely on the uh, the Larkin line. They've got another line that, that that's dangerous now. It appears whoever they put on it, uh, certainly Andrew Kopp, they signed to center that specifically so they could center the second line, bumping uh, Suter down to the third line. But uh, whether that's I uh, projected Peron and and Barana as his line mates at least to to start, but uh, whatever uh, combination the line goes with, that's going to be very key to getting a, a consistent second line uh, threat. Guy with the most approved this upcoming twenty two twenty three season. Well, uh, certainly uh, uh, Philip Zadina. Uh, you know, number six overall pick in 2018 uh, has been slow to develop, I think. Uh, and then when you look at how a guy like Raymond just stepped right in there, like, you know, like a seasoned veteran right from the start uh, uh, and meshed so well, uh, and people look at that and say, well, why, why isn't Zardina playing like that? And, you know, it's, it, in his case, it's not, it's certainly not from a lack of effort trying because he does work hard and he really wants to excel it's just the execution execution hasn't been there for him for whatever reason uh he needs to you know diversify his game early on he was pretty much kind of like a one-trick pony just sitting there uh, in the uh the face-off circle to the left of the goalie there that that right face-off circle was sweet spot looking for a shot as one-timer and, uh, you know, Blaschel uh, last year tried to get him to go to the net more, uh, you know, different areas of the ice, do a little bit more give and go uh, to, to create some more offense. And, and that's going to be one of uh, Derek Wallon's uh, bigger assignments here is just getting the most out of Zadina because this is probably going to be his last chance. I mean, uh, you know, I, Steve Eisenman has shown uh, he's not exactly the most patient when it comes to these young prospects, first-round picks, he got rid of Svechnikov, got rid of Chalowski, their top picks in 2015 and 2016. And uh, I, I don't uh, don't know how much more rope uh, Zadina is going to get. He's really going to have to show something this season. He is Ansar Khan. You can find him on Twitter at Ansar Khan M Live. Answer, my friend. Thank you so much uh, for your time today, partner. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah, glad to be with you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.